Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Hey everyone, Kevin Cruz here. Welcome to the Lead X Leadership Show, where we're helping you to become the boss everybody is fighting to work for and no one wants to leave. Today on the show, you're gonna hear from the founder and CEO of a fast-growing ad agency. He's gonna talk about the right and wrong way to do employee recognition and bonus programs and why his company's six taglines are better than your company's values. But first, visit leadx.org and check out the free trial of the LeadX platform with Coach Amanda. We provide over 200 on-demand video courses, micro video lessons, printable tools, and the world's first leadership and management chatbot powered by none other than IBM Watson Artificial Intelligence. Free trial at leadx.org. Now our guest today is the president and CEO of North Six Agency, a brand communications and social media agency with offices in New York and Toronto and Colorado. Usually they're just known as N6A, and he started the company when he was just 26 years old out of the basement of his house. Today, the company's been ranked as the fastest growing agency in the United States in its revenue category. They've been named a finalist for Digiday's Most Innovative Culture Award. They've been a winner of PR Week's Best Place to Work and Entrepreneur Magazine's Top Company Culture. Our guest is Matt Rosetta. Matt, welcome to the show. Kevin, proud to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. Now, listen, before we dive into uh, what I really want to talk about on the show, specific to, to you and your company, I always like to start by talking about a like a famous failure. <laughs> I think <laughs> failures are stepping stones. You don't win or lose. It's win or learn. So tell us a time when you failed at something and what you learned from it. God, there have been so many um, in my career. I'm not sure if I can pinpoint just one. <laughs> I, I will say that uh, generally speaking, my biggest uh, mistakes have come from, um, you know, people related decisions, you know, people I hired, people I didn't hire, people I fired, people I didn't fire. Um, and sort of the, you know, the, the way I handled each of those, I will generally say that, you know, people mistakes have been probably the biggest mistakes in my career. It set me back the furthest, as you know, you know, very well, it sets your company back, you know, right. uh, uh, people mistake will set you back anywhere from six to 12 months. Um, and usually, you know, in addition to making the, the person mistake, you'll also lose really good people along the way uh, because you'll alienate some people. You make one bad decision on one person, you know, it could create, you know, issues with other people in your organization and just sort of the cumulative effect of that will kill you. So I, I will say that, you know, even though it's not one specific moment, the biggest regrets in I, I have in my career are generally ones that revolved around people decisions um, and just other things kind of stream of consciousness, uh, waiting too long to make decisions, mm -hmm. you know, have resulted in pretty, um, you know, pretty big mistakes of mine, not trusting my gut when I should have trusted it, uh, not facing problems head on. You know, as you know, bad news uh, needs to travel yeah. really fast. So sometimes, uh, which is hard to do, but bad news doesn't age well, you know, the more you let bad news age, the, the, the bigger the problem becomes. So, you know, generally speaking, that's where most of the regret comes from in my career. Yeah, you sound like a, a brother from another mother because that would have been my checklist. It's like hired the wrong person, took too long to fire the person, you know, wanted everybody to get like consensus on this decision. So I let it fester for six to nine months. Like, it, it, you know, and I guess we all have to kind of learn by ourselves to go through those things. So I appreciate that. 
the good thing too, Kevin, at least in my experience, is that every loss is a learning lesson, right? So, you know, not that I'm perfect and not that our company's perfect by any means, you know, nine or 10 years into this, but the error rate goes down dramatically as you learn, you know, uh, things that you didn't pick up on the first time around uh, when it comes to a people decision, you know, maybe the second time around you get a little bit better, the third time around you get a little bit better, and then, you know, rinse and repeat that for, you know, in our case, nine or 10 years, and the error rate drops dramatically. So we don't get every uh, people decision right, but, you know, we're a lot better now than we were back in the day. Yeah, that's great. Now, when I uh, read your bio at the beginning of the show, you know, I mentioned I mentioned your company uh, in brief, but in your own words, what do you guys do and who are you doing it for? Sure. So we are a uh, full service PR and social media agency. Uh, we're based here in New York City. We have about 50 employees. Uh, we also have offices in Toronto and out in Boulder, Colorado. We work with uh, companies from about 30 different industries. So, you know, consumer and technology, B2B. Uh, professional services, cannabis, cybersecurity, you name it. Um, and our job is really to help elevate their brand presence via the media, you know, the press, via social media platforms, you know, awards and speaking programs, uh, content programs and editorial services. That's really what we, uh, what we specialize in. That's great. Now, do I have it right that uh, you started N6A when you were only 26? Is that right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was just, just before my 27th birthday, and uh, my wife was about seven, eight months pregnant at the time. We Perfect time to start a new business. It's just the Band-Aid approach. <laughs> we uh, just closed on our house. We were pregnant <laughs> with our first child. Now we have three. That was our first one back then, and I had this crazy idea one day to leave a, you know, a relatively cushy job um, to start a business out of my basement. You know, No income, no paying clients, none of that, and my wife uh, was crazy enough to say yes, so that's, that's how we got started. That's fantastic. What do you like? There aren't too many people. Maybe it's becoming more popular. But there aren't too many people who uh, set out on their own that young, and especially in those circumstances. I mean, you clearly had the seed in you from something else. Like, wh why are you an entrepreneur? Like, what do you think gave you that idea or spark to begin with? You know, I've always been um, really driven, Kevin, and, you know, I got a little taste of, you know, the agency world before I started N6A. I saw a lot of things that I liked. I saw some things that I didn't like, and if I had an opportunity to kind of put the ball in my hands, I knew that I would probably do things a little differently as far as building culture and you know building um, programs that differentiate our service product from others. I saw an opportunity in the marketplace that wasn't really being capitalized on back then. Agencies in our industry, especially back then, continued to really lag behind with an antiquated business model, you know, focused on billable hours mm. and. It wasn't a premium on things like speed or data. And I saw opportunities there. And, you know, I was a pretty young guy back then. I was somewhat naive, too. And I figured, you know, what the heck, let me let me make a run at it and see if I can actually create some kind of differentiation in the agency that I started. And the rest is history. Yeah, that's great. And when I I think we connected originally on LinkedIn and as I was sort of uh, doing some online stalking of you and your company, I mean, <laughs> I just really quickly fell in love with almost the way like you have so many cool programs, workplace culture programs, employee programs, and like a good marketer, I mean, you've kind of branded them in a way that I'm not used to seeing. Uh, sometimes in a big company, they'll launch some initiative and give it a, a sexy name or something. But I mean, you've got a lot and it just really jumped out at me. But let's start with you know, I'm kind of curious. And of course, for our podcast listeners, uh, we need to paint, you know, pictures for them with our with our words. So if I were to visit you 
in your New York City office. I mean, I walk in and I, I'm going to get a vibe. I'm going to get a sense. Like, what do I see in your offices? Yeah, so we have a great, you know, home field. We call it home field advantage. You know, you come off the elevator here at N6A in our New York headquarters, and there's a lot of energy. You know, you'll always hear music playing. There's a stage area that you see. Usually people are working on the stage. We have a bunch of lounges with couches and open uh, cafe tables where people just hang out, you know, grab a bite to eat, sit down, get some work done. We really try to promote a very open, collaborative work environment. And that's really what you see. You know, we try to really be consistent. So anything that you read or hear about us outside, you know, we really want to hit you with that same um, level of energy when you get the in-house N6A experience, when you come off the elevator and see the office. So we try to be very consistent in our message externally and um, you know, with, with what you see internally. We think that's important too. I think really good culture, corporate culture, a lot of the time comes down to consistency. It comes down to, you know, is what you read about and what you hear about um, outside consistent with what you feel and what you experience inside. And if there's, a, if there's any kind of misalignment there, usually it shows that the culture is not rooted from a level of um, authenticity. Right. So we do try to be very authentic with that when you come into the, into the office. Now, I hear uh, open workspace, collaborative workspace, music playing, and in the press a lot has been like one little study about like doom and gloom on open workspaces and it's caused yeah. this debate. I mean, what's your take on on whether like how are you guys productive or what have you found with this open environment? Well, look, you need you definitely need uh, closed quarters, right? So you need the opportunity for in our case, you know, like in our office, our employees have tons of breakout spaces. There's tons of conference rooms. You know, I think we have uh, six conference rooms or something like that. You know, we have lounge areas. So it's not like, you know, you're forced to work in this open environment and there's no escape if you need it. Obviously, if there's client calls or if you need to clear your head, you know, there's always places to, you know, escape to. But um, the employees here at N6A really love the open environment. In fact, we tried to put, um, at one point, we tried to put partitions between everyone's pods and there was almost like a revolt. People were like, no, we don't want it. You know, we want to be able to look across and see our teammate across from us. And um, they really embraced that. And it's, um, you know, it's something that in time, it's a part of our culture. I mean, we're just very open, transparent, collaborative, and it is who we are. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I noticed you know, on your website and, and in the, you've gotten a lot of great media, which is fantastic. You have what you call taglines, company taglines. Yeah. Yeah. And for example, one of them is embrace the pace. So huh. what do you mean by taglines? And then dive into this specific one a little bit. Yeah. So basically our taglines, Kevin, essentially are, are N6A's operating principles and our values, what matters to us. And, you know, we thought these are a lot of these are learning lessons. You know, you talked about uh, getting better from losses and learning from, you know, mistakes you made. Our taglines, a lot of them are really, uh, lessons that we've learned through the years and they've kind of taken on a whole, uh, you know, value system in itself and have become really emblematic of what our corporate culture stands for. And rather than just look at, you know, a lot of companies will just look at their operating principles and they'll just kind of pick them off the shelf, you know, courtesy professionalism <laughs> and all that stuff is great. Right. But, you know, our, our taglines, our um, operating principles are real world examples, real life examples that we learned from that have kind of built us into the company we are today. Um, so Embrace the Pace, you mentioned that's kind of the one that we're probably the most well known for. And we just work in a super fast environment in a really competitive city. And 
we get after it fast. You know, for clients, for employees, we like to work fast. And a lot of times that level of, you know, that pace or that speed, um, you know, can be viewed as intimidating. You know, we don't like to view it as intimidating. We really like to embrace it. And you know, if you come to work for N6A, you're going to work fast. It's going to be exhilarating. You're going to have a great time doing it. You're going to move up the ranks quickly if you do a good job. And rather than kind of hide from that reality, we embrace it. We embrace the pace. So that's, that's where that one comes from. And there's five others that all have little stories and vignettes behind them with, with lessons learned. Mention another one just, uh, just for kicks here. <laughs> so look, you know, being, the, um, being kind of a stubborn uh, New York uh, competitor, one that maybe your, your audience will appreciate is uh, one of our taglines is I was wrong. <laughs> and it comes from everyone, everyone sees that tagline and they just think that, you know, we're wrong about everything here. That's not the case at all. <laughs> Although we, we are wrong about some stuff. But that's, the story comes from, I, you know, as you mentioned, I was 26 years old, just starting a business, um, had no experience running a business, was a young guy in a services business, which is dominated historically by really, you know, middle-aged, older principals. So I had the odds kind of stacked against me. And one guy that I had sought out for advice as I was getting my business started was just a really successful, you know, titan of industry in our, you know, in our marketplace in marketing services. And I sat down with him before I started N6A, asked him for some advice, showed him what I wanted to do. And he looked me right in the eye. This is back in 2009. And he said, Matt, you know, um, love you, respect what you're going to, what you're building. I think you're going to be a super successful entrepreneur. But he goes, you know, you brought me here because you want my advice. He said, I would not start this business now. It's too risky. You know, you're too young. The economy was really volatile. He's like, just keep this business plan on ice. Um, roll it out in a few years when things stabilize a little bit, you know, and you build your personal Rolodex a little bit more and the economy gets better. So that was his advice was not to start the agency. Right. Anyhow, fast forward then a few years later, obviously we start the agency, <laughs> scaled it, um, you know, had achieved some level of success and he heard about that and I was like, I was shocked. You know, he sent me an email in the middle of the night and he just said there was no subject line, three words in the uh, body of the email. I was wrong. And he remembered the words of advice he gave me. And um, that's now become one of our taglines. Just it's the story behind it is, you know, you got to trust your gut, carry a little bit of a humble chip on your shoulder right. and um, you know, earn it every day. It's a, it's a, every day is a, a mission to prove somebody wrong. I, I love that. And, you know, what, what's great about these taglines, as you said, I mean, you know, a lot of companies will just sort of pick from the list. And, and you know, the famous story is that, you know, Enron had integrity as one of their <laughs> yeah. one of their values. You know, obviously people didn't didn't live it very, very well. And and as you said, the embrace the pace uh, in this world where there's a lot of talk about work-life balance or millennials or Generation Zs. You don't want to work the way, you know, old timers used to work, all this kind of stuff. You are running an agency. You're in New York City. Uh, and from the start, what you purposely identified speed as one of your unique propositions. And so yeah. to just be upfront that this is the kind of place we are, this is how we're going to win then you're going to attract the right kind of people who love that and thrive in that rather than sort of you hide or the 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 recruiting cycle talks about work-life balance and then you're working 80 hours a week somewhere. That's the, the old bait and switch. So it's great that, I mean, you you guys really know who you are and are making sure, you know, everybody knows that from day one. And I see that you've also got a lot of great attention from something um, that you call Pace points. I don't know if that's the name of the program, but like a lot of people have these employee recognition programs like 
hey, you know, here's a Starbucks card or here's an online software where you give each other high fives and everybody just sort of has three high fives at the end of the month. But you've got something called Pace Points. So tell me about those. Sure, sure. Also, Kev, um, before we end the Pace Points, you actually brought up a really good point I wanted to come yeah. back to this. On work-life balance, you know, ironically, and, and that's one of the biggest, I think, the biggest misperceptions sometimes about our culture here at N6A, embrace the pace. There's not necessarily, there really is not a connection between our embrace the pace mindset and working long hours. I mean, you know, we like to be super fast, super productive, super efficient, you know, get out of here at a reasonable time, you know, rinse and repeat, get back in the office the next day, you know, feel energized, do it again. Um, but you know, if you work, if you work fast in an efficient way, you know, your work life balance should be in a good place. I always tell our employees, you know, we have great programs. We'll get into pace points. I know in a sec, but you know, we have great programs, you know, commuter benefits, spa days. We send producer, top producers all over the world, you know, cash bonuses. We have sabbaticals, you know, summer Fridays, you name it. You know, it's really on you as an employee to dictate your work life balance. The company will do everything we can to put you in a position mm to have great work-life balance, but it's on you to manage your time effectively. It's on you to manage your time efficiently. You know, get into the office at a reasonable hour, work hard, work fast, get out at a reasonable hour, and enjoy your life, you know? And usually if you do those two things, you'll have a productive work-life balance. Yeah, no, I'm glad you clarified that. No correlation between the pace of the work you're doing and the total number of hours. And in fact, I'm sure many do make the case that in fact, limiting the number of hours at work helps you to be super productive uh, and efficient during those hours. And and when I was young and dumb in my 20s, I mean, I, I thought I was going to win by working 80 or 100 hours a week, but my brain was mashed potatoes, you know, after <laughs> hour number, whatever. And you're really just spinning uh, spinning wheels. So I'm, I'm glad you clarified that. So, yeah, tell me more about Pace Points and, and some of those programs. So, yeah, we've always really excited about Pace Points. This is the first year we launched it. And it's been phenomenal so far. It's been really well received by our staff and by potential recruits here at N6A, certainly by our clients as well. You know, we've always had a really cool, you know, innovative culture, Kevin. We've always experimented um, to try to give back to our employees, you know, going back years and years. You know, we've always worked within our resources to try to come up with cool perks and programs. You know, we've done competitions where we've sent our top producers to trips all over the world, you know, places like Bali and the Amalfi Coast mm. and uh, Paris and Sundance Film Festival. And, you know, we've done all kinds of really cool stuff. And after about seven or eight years of doing that, you know, each year we would up our game and our perks would get a little bit better, a little bit more expensive, <laughs> right. you know, a little bit luxurious. And after about eight years of doing it, we had learned a lot. And as a management team, we got together and said, well, wouldn't it be cool if we actually figured out a rewards, a perks program, where instead of you know us telling employees what they're going to get, the employee tells us what they're going to get based on what they want and what motivates them and right. what incentivizes them. And in today's workforce, you know that could mean a number of things. It could mean cash. It could mean travel. It could mean you know quality of life, PTO days, things like that. It could mean experiences. So that was kind of the impetus behind Pace Points was let's figure out a way to create a reward system where if our if and when our employees earn certain achievements, you know, it's merit based, they get points and then they can cash those points out for rewards that matter the most to them. And that's how we modeled the program. It took about a year or two uh, to model the program. You know, we had to get patents for it. We had to do a lot of financial testing. Um, you know, we had to t talk to 
you know, tax, legal consultants, you name it. We had to do a lot of marketing behind it as well. And then finally, we launched it earlier this year, and it's been a phenomenal success. Um, you know, our employees pay, get can cash out their points for anything from, you know, a few hundred dollars in cash or equivalent uh, perks, all the way up to $50,000 worth of perks. Uh, employees have taken things like... Um, trips to Asia. We've done Caribbean trips they've cashed out for. All right, but Matt, let me, let me cut you off here for a second. First of all, the fact that you did all that background and patents and financial modeling, you guys are way more buttoned up than me. I would have been like, we got a cool name. Let's try it. So that's, yeah. that's kudos for that. But let me, let me ask this. So people get, get points. Do they add up and then at the end of the year cash them in or is it quarterly? Like how often are they trading their points in? Great question, Kevin. So there's two redemption windows. One is in March, one is in October. And what the employee can do is they choose, that's the, the whole um, beauty of Pace Points is that it empowers the employee to cash their points for whatever they want, or they can keep their points forward for the next bank and just continue to accrue their points and work toward bigger and more valuable uh, perks or cash options. And there's two different um, cash out window, redemption windows each year. One is in March, one is in October. And who's deciding who gets the points? Is it you? Is it management? Do they give them to each other? How, you know, who, who's the decision makers behind it? So great question. So the way pace points was modeled is there are, um, points can be earned for three different types of achievements. One is individual achievements. So if you're an employee, Kevin, and you do a great job, you've got a producer of the week, you've got a great client result. One of your customers gives you, you know, our customers actually give us rankings for their, um, satisfaction of service. If one of the customers you're servicing gives you a perfect ranking, you would get pace points for that. The second category is team-based. So if you're on a team, everyone here at N6A works in teams. So um, your team also gets certain KPIs, certain achievements. And if if your team gets an achievement, everybody on the team, yourself included, would earn pace points for that. And then the third is company-based. So based on company achievements, you know, company profitability, aggregate customer rankings, um, you know, some discretionary company goals that we set as an organization. And then there's also a bank of discretionary points that are handed down to managers. So if I'm your ma or you're my manager, you get a bank of pace points, you know, X amount of pace points every year that you can just hand out to your subordinates at your discretion. So if you think I'm doing a really good job and want to give me a pat on the back, you can say, Matt, you're doing an awesome job. I'm going to put 50 pace points in your bank. So that's how it was modeled. Yeah. And just for our listeners, this is really important what Matt just described, because in this case, we're talking about pace points in a lot of companies who don't have that kind of program. There, there are financial bonuses. And one of the things that comes up is what are you rewarding? You know, an individual star performer or should everybody be just, hey, we're all one big team. So if the company's doing well and, and how do you balance that out? And, and you're covering basically all the bases. You're saying, look, you know, there's there's that individual, there's a team component and there's a company component. And I'm sure there's not a, an exact answer to this, but roughly uh, do they get about a third of their points from those three buckets? Well, there's really the fourth bucket with the managers or is it weighted differently in those groups? Another great question. It is weighted depending on, generally depending on where you fit in the org chart. So obviously if you're more uh, on the senior management team, you're going to be skewed more toward if the company does well and if your team does well, you know, that's where the lion's share of your points are going to come from. Whereas if it's a junior staff member, they still will be obviously incentivized if the company does well um, and certainly if their team does well, 
but you know, th there's a little bit more at stake for them on an individual basis, just because they're a they're in control more in terms of what they do on an individual basis than what the company does. Do you get any pace points yourself? I give a lot out. <laughs> I want to know what trip you're lining up for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I, give, I probably give too many out. My CFO reminds me of that every day. <laughs> well, so this is the pace points tie into. I, I read about you've got a program called the N6 Getaway. Is this one of those travel programs or how do they relate? Yeah, the N6 Getaway, Kevin, that's just that's one of our signature staple performance programs, competitions that we've had for years now that I mentioned earlier. Our top performer on the junior staff uh, for the first half of the year gets uh, the N6 Getaway, which is usually an eight or nine day trip to a destination of their choice, fully, you know, full expense paid for, you know, airfare, hotels, travel expenses, M&E, all that stuff. And we have a similar trip, similar competition for the top performer for the second half of the year. That performer wins our bucket list competition and they choose a bucket list event of their choice. They get like six or seven choices to choose from. Previous winners have gone to places like Sundance Film Festival. In fact, last week, our bucket list winner just got back from her trip. She went to Hawaii for something called the Hawaii Chef Fest. Oh, wow. It's at wow. The, yeah, it was at the Four Seasons. I think it was in Maui. And the greatest like chefs in the world congregate there for a week. And it's just an amazing food festival for a week. And you spend a week in Hawaii. So that's where she chose to go this year. Now, talk me through, sometimes I'll say, often I say that, there's a danger to employee of the month, quarter, year programs type thing because the winner's circle is so small that if you're the winner, sure, that feels great and it might help my engagement. But if you're not the winner, at best, okay, it doesn't really engage you. You know, you're not in that small winner circle, but there's a danger that it could disengage you because I might be sitting here saying, I can't believe Matt's going to Chef Week in Hawaii. Like I had yeah. the same performance. I can't believe this. So, how do you address those things? Like, um, how objective are the criteria? And do you think ever there's this time where people are like, "Wow, like I missed it by a hair," and I'm really bummed out about that? No, totally. I think yeah. Look, I think that's a really valid point, Kevin. What I really think it's on the company to make sure there's enough chips on the table for everybody in the organization. So that you're right, if you're, you know, we have 50 employees, right? And there's, you know, to your point, we do a lot of stuff, by the way, but those two competitions we mentioned, at the end of the year, there's going to be two people out of 50, you know, who get the benefit of that, who go right. to Hawaii, who go to Italy, who go to, you know, Paris, whatever. So what happens to the other 48? I really think if you're putting 100% of your chips as a company into those two programs, you're right, you're doing a disservice to your employees you're probably creating disengagement. I would argue that, you know, it's counterproductive. It creates more of a toxic, you know, overly competitive culture than a collaborative culture. So it's all about checks and balances. And it's all about, you know, diversification, I think, of your benefits and your perks program. In our case, you know, the getaway and the bucket list competition I mentioned are just two of, you know, dozens and dozens of things we do. So if you miss out on the getaway, guess what? There's a silver lining there because you still can get a lot of pace points. You can still cash those pace points out to take a sabbatical, you know, to go on amazing trips to the Caribbean, to get a lot of cash, you name it. So, but I really think it's on the company to model it in a way where it's diversified so that you're not alienating people who aren't your number one and two performers. Right. Yeah, that's wise. I like that. It's a good visual. Have enough chips on the table. Someone wins one hand. There's plenty left for, uh, for others to keep playing with. 
And your 6PA ranking system, is that related to the, the, the pace points or is that something different? Yeah, so that's our um, universal KPI system. We try to do it, and this was one of the differentiators we talked about back in the day when we started M6A. You know, we saw a real need in the PR services marketplace, agency marketplace, for, you know, sort of a data-driven approach where agencies in PR back then particularly, you know, they were afraid of measurement and data because PR was sort of an industry that historically could skate by without being held accountable you know, for, for metrics and for KPIs and measurement. So we tried to get ahead of that and we actually created what now has become our 6PA system where our employees, you know, part of our culture is every month our employees get a ranking. You know, it's based on individual performance. It's based on how happy their customers are, you know, and a few other things. And they get checkpoints every month. They see what their ranking is and those rankings are, are used to determine, you know, their ability to get pace points, you know, get promoted quicker, you know, make more money faster, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we really have recruited to that culture. Like we want people who are comfortable operating in an environment where they sit with their manager every month. You know, they see a number in front of them. They know what they have to do to get better at. They know where they stand. That's what the six PAs are in a nutshell. We, you know, we hired a software engineer to actually build that out internally. So it's built out as a software platform. Mm. Uh, It's a proprietary system that everybody in the company has access to. And really, it's just there to create transparency and alignment between the company and the employee so that there's never any ambiguity on how they're performing. And I don't know if you have these different roles in your agency. I mean, in my own professional service firms, I would struggle with the rack and stack. I'm a big believer in the in the metrics-based approach, but often the salespeople were sort of set off to the side and kind of were measured you know, differently than the people who then did the work. And I don't know if you have separate roles like that uh, in, in your business model, but do you have these job role problems in terms of you know ranking everyone together? Yeah, so you know that's actually been the beauty in, in my mind. You know, I'm really passionate about that system, right? So the beauty in the 6PA model is that as we've scaled our company and we've become more sophisticated and there's more layers to our org chart, it's created new functions, right? And the non-service function, to your point now, is a lot more comprehensive than it was when we started 6PA system a few years ago. So it's been cool for me because I've, I've actually, you know, with our management team now, been able to model our KPI system so that everybody here is given KPIs, whether you're servicing clients, whether you're running finance, whether you're running sales, whether you're running recruiting, whether you're the CEO, you know, I get KPIs. It's cool. But yeah, like, look, at the end of the day, Kevin, no matter where you fit into the org chart, you're going to be held accountable for something. I mean, you have a job to do. And if you, you know, if there's a level of um, thoughtfulness brought to the table, you know, you should be able to be held accountable for some kind of metric based on what your job description is. And what's so great about this is you've got that metric. And at the very least, it's a tool that fosters conversation with your manager. And it seems like so many people these days are saying, I want more feedback from my boss, from my company, because that's how I'm going to get better and advance my career. And yet I can't remember the, the exact data that I last read about, but like 40 to 60% of managers don't give feedback either because they think they're too busy to do it or it's an uncomfortable conversation. They don't know how to do it. And again, you're saying, oh no, we're thriving on, this is, this is the expectation, right? This is what you're expected. Here's the range. Here's how you're doing against that expectation. And we're going to talk to you about that, you know, every month and we're going to reward you, you know, several times a year. So it all comes together. And, you know, it's a great point, Kevin. We, we, we also, I think you hit on a really interesting point there too. 
Look, it's obviously very science-based because, you know, there's objective data you get. You get a ranking every month. You know, you see numbers. But there's also a lot of art to it as well. And if the art piece isn't there and it's only science, that can be a very dangerous, toxic Mm. element to a corporate culture, right? So you need a balance of both of that. So it needs to be, you know, Kevin, you got a – we we do it on a scale of one to six. You Mm -hmm. know, you got a perfect six in your your KPI one. You know, you got uh, only a two out of six in KPI two. Here's why you got the two out of six. Here's why I gave you that ranking. You know, let's figure out a way to work together so that next month the two goes to a five. And that's kind of the art extension to that conversation. Without that piece, though, if I'm just giving you a piece of paper that says six, two, three, and there's no context around it, you know, that's not good for the employee. That's not good for the company. So I would just caution any organization who wants to bring a level of objective data and and analytics to their operating processes, you know, they also need to be very cognizant of the fact that, you know, art is a big piece of that, you know, right. that extension too. I like it that you extend the, uh, the six brand right down to your rating scale. <laughs> <laughs> so last question, Matt, I'm just curious, like, what are you, when it comes to N6A, what are you most excited about these days and in the, uh, you know, the year ahead? Look, you know, I, I love the process Kevin, and I think we all do here. I mean, it's, um, you know, we feel like we're building a, a great company. You know, it's been nine years and it's been really um, exhilarating for me. You know, I actually wrote myself a letter. I don't know if you can see the, you know, I have all these letters. It's behind your shoulder, yeah. These are all letters that, you know, employees past and present have written me, and I, I never throw a letter out. So I actually, one of these letters up here is a letter that I wrote to myself. So I, I cheated. I wrote one <laughs> to myself. It was about seven or eight years into our business. And I wrote a letter to myself. I got myself a card from Hallmark that said, congrats on your new job. You know, you are, you are now a CEO. You know, you worked seven or eight years. So you worked so hard for this over seven or eight years. You've now put yourself in a position where you can do what you love. You know, you can build culture. You can do this at scale. You can really invest in your people and give them opportunities to continue to grow. That's what I'm most excited about in the future. I feel like even though we're a business that, you know, now is – going on our 10th year, we're very much still in our infancy. And we've really just recently put ourselves in a position to you know, begin to execute on our vision. And I think we're just scratching the surface. And that's what I'm most excited about, just going through that process and you know, beginning to really do that at scale and touch as many people that come through N6A's doors as possible. Love it. Matt, so how can our listeners find out more about you and N6A? Well, definitely check us out at n6a.com. That's our corporate um, website. We also have a great website for potential recruits. You know, if anyone is interested in our culture or uh, career opportunities here, go to competeandcare.com. Compete and Care, Kevin, also one of our six taglines. That'll go over all of our values and our perks and all pace points and all the stuff we talked about earlier. Um, and then obviously follow us on, on social, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, we have some cool content that we're turning out every day that talks a lot about our client work and our culture. So definitely check us out there. We'll put all those links in the show notes and the articles that come from this interview. Matt, thanks for coming on to the LeadX Leadership Show. Kevin, it was a pleasure. Great being on your show. Thanks. All right. Take care, bud. Friends, if you like this episode of the LeadX Leadership Podcast, please take just a minute and leave a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. It's the number one way we will attract new leaders. And you know, I'm on a mission over the next 10 years to spark 100 million new leaders. And if you're looking to teach your managers how to become great leaders, how to increase their employee engagement scores, and how they can achieve extreme productivity, check out the LeadX Academy at leadx.org, or just send me an email if you have 10 or more managers, 
and we'll talk about doing a free pilot in your company. Info at leadx.org is the email address and I'll personally respond. Remember, leadership is influence. You're always leading. How will you lead today?